Welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. So the last player manager in the major leagues uh, was one of our favorite players to talk about, who is not in the Hall of Fame. He has the most hits of everybody. Pete Rose. So, and of course, Pete Rose got into trouble for that to a certain degree because when he was, it was when he was managing the Reds that he was that they accused, accused him. him. And said he said he never bet again. Anyway, the point is, is that he's the last guy to be player manager, and he was at the obviously the tail end of his career when he did this. But he would call on himself to pinch hit at times, and so it it made me think. You know, player managers, it seems ridiculous now. Like, you know, why would you ever do that, right? How could a player possibly handle the duties of of what the manager has to do? And then when you really think about going, well, what is the manager really doing? Filling out a line. And could a player relate to his peers in a way the manager couldn't because he's on the field with them every day? In theory, a player could do it. Would it be a special kind of player? Would it would it have to be somebody who yeah. has like this particular kind of personality? Like like there's nobody in baseball, I think, right now that I would be like, yeah, they could be a player manager. There's nobody that comes to mind right off the top of my head. Like the one athlete I think right now that you could probably say that's closest to a player coach is LeBron. Well, well he is a coach, isn't he? Pretty much. Oh, okay, okay. He, he acts like a coach. There's another guy there who runs on the sidelines with a with a tie on, but I don't think yeah, he, no, uh, LeBron. That's LeBron's team. LeBron kind of decides what any team that LeBron plays on, he's the coach, right? <laughs> but the number of players, one, I think even though the players can relate better to one another, you don't always want that. Well, and and I think you, you want it to be a good player. I guess you can't have a lousy player be the player manager. Or the only other way it works is if a guy doesn't play at all. He's a player manager in that, in theory, he is a player. Like Todd Frazier, who only ever occasionally pinch hit, right. could be a pain. The Todd father. Right. He could be a player manager because all he really does is manage, and then occasionally he would pinch hit because he's like, ah, I think I got it tonight. Well, let's talk about another guy. So he's the best player on his team. He might be the best player in baseball. I'd say he's the best player in, in the league, and that would be Fernando Tatis Jr. Why couldn't Fernando Tatis Jr. be the player manager of the Padres? He's the unesteemed leader of the team. Because managing involves being – he needs – if he's managing, it means – Instead of being focused on what he's going to need to do in his next at bat, he's sitting there going over the pitch chart with the pitching coach trying to decide what reliever he's going to bring in in the next inning. And 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 I think I think that's true. I think you know you don't want him in, in you know standing out there at shortstop going, do I need to go get this guy right now? <laughs> right. He's not focused on what he's doing as a player. So I think that alone is one of the why, why he would never make a prime in the prime of his career player a player manager. Right. It, 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 it happened in the past, uh, but not in baseball. Well, it, it did happen in baseball long, long time ago. I can think, besides Pete Rose, in basketball, there were some pretty good player coaches. A guy named Bill Russell um, right. was pretty you good at it. it but and his basketball's a different kind of sport and, as well than baseball to do that. it was a different era. Well, it's a free-flowing sport, right? So being the player coach of an NBA basketball team, when you're out there running up and down the floor, you just got to figure, okay, I got to substitute guys so I don't kill them, you know, and take myself out so I get a rest. But for the most part, the decisions are made in the flow of the game. It's not like you're making a pitching change or or a a pinch hitter. Or or, or like football where you'd be like trying to call plays. Like Peyton Manning could call an entire offense by himself, but you still needed a head coach of that football team. 
Right, right. And and there's been no player coaches in basketball either. So let, let me... Let, I, I think, yeah, the problem with the player coach idea is that even though the players could, one, authority would always be something that would be theoretically questionable. He's a player, not a coach. And so there's always that inherent equalness. So like, sure, it's not... If you're, let's say the player manager is the best player on the team. Well... Yeah, that's great when he's dealing with like the scrubs and the bench guys. But what happens when he has an issue with the second best guy, the guy that gives him protection in the lineup? It's a bit awkward. Then. Right, right, right. Or what happens when the guy is not the best player on the team and he's like he's Todd. He's Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier really going to be able to tell Pete Alonso, hey, Pete, take a seat, take a seat. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. And, and, and look, we understand that the player manager in baseball came out of the history of the way that it was done earlier in the game's history. Right. This was a kind of a normal thing. Well, honestly, I almost think it came out of just money, maving, money saving by the team owner being like, wait a second, I can just not hire a manager and tell one of the players to do it. Well, and, and I don't know how much managers get paid, you know, these days they, they get paid, you know, a lot better than they used to. Couple, that's for sure. They get paid millions of dollars. Right, so, but, but does a guy like Tatis need the extra 2 million for being the manager because of what comes with it, as you say, right? You know, out there going, okay, well, he's got how many how many pitches does he have? Because if you think about how many pitches he's got in the right. seventh inning, and then, or or then Tatis is standing there thinking about how many pitches he's got and what he's going to say to the media after the game because he pulled the pitcher. <laughs> so so and, and and even later, as late as seventy seven, Joe Torre was player manager of the New York Mets. Okay, so the Mets were terrible in that 1970. Not a ringing endorsement for player manager. Well, right there. I think it was we're serious, you know. So we're going to bring in a guy who's a, a great player. He wasn't not a Hall of Fame player, by the way. He's a Hall of Fame manager, Joe Torre. He did win a batting title, uh, and, and and I think he was uh, an MVP winner as well, mm-hmm. a co MVP winner, but. He, you know, was brought in as manager of the Mets to sort of put the the organization back on more solid footing because the whole Seaver debacle at the time and whatnot. It, it didn't work out. In fact, he went back to the, uh, the 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 announcing booth for a while before he kind of figured out the, the he demeanor he manage. wanted to be a manager. Yeah. Right, right, and then, and then he had a Hall of Fame managing career. So I think you know, it's it's just too much. Uh, for a player, unless he's at the very end of his career, where you might say, you know what, let this guy, he relates to the players. And particularly if you let a manager go, you might consider right. a player I manager think, as an interim manager at the I end of a season. That if you let a guy go with like a week left in the season, but then again, it's like. Or well, a month left in the season. What's the difference? I guess because you have a bench coach. Why not just make him the manager? Why put it on a player? What are you going to gain by having the player? You do might it? find out that you have a future manager by seeing how he that handles be, it. Yeah, but that would be only a guy that would like you were already getting ready to make a coach. Like when David Wright was on the Mets and, and they kind of were cycling through some okay. some managers, I thought you know this guy could be a manager David one Ross. day. David Ross is a good example. Like I think if David Ross was on a team and you were th- already thinking about making him a manager in the off season and you fire a manager with a month left to go, maybe you make him a player manager for the last month of the season, just. What? But I, I think that's about the only way you get a situation. How about where, a pitcher, though? How about a pitcher as player manager? Because you only pitching, you know, pitchers, no, pitchers are pitcher. too much of head cases to be managers. <laughs> it's spoken like a pitcher. 
<laughs> so think about how few pitcher managers there have been. There's a reason for that. And, and this is all conjecture because you know, folks that are listening, there are going to be no player managers. We no. we can talk about it, but it's just really unlikely, and it's sort of a a, 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 a vestige of a bygone yes. day. So um, I wanted to ask you another question, though, and yeah. that has nothing to do with baseball. Shocking. Yeah, I know. And, and in fact, a future podcast I was thinking will be the the one in which we talk about other sports other than baseball. Uh, we'll save that for another day. But because the Olympics are going on right now, I started thinking about you, and I started trying to think about like how much interest you have in the Olympics. And and the first thought that came to mind was not very much. And and to this older guy here who's been watching the Olympics uh, since 1968 was the first Olympics I watched on TV when I watched Bob Beeman break the long jump record and that was such an exciting thing in mexico city at the time and that's i know it's a really long time ago um and and so i've watched the olympics my whole life you've watched them i guess but tell me what you think about the olympics in general so to make a really bad analogy to a previous episode that we've done the olympics are kind of like interleague play in some fashion for i think people my age and what i mean by that is when you were a kid growing up, your chances to be exposed to like people from other countries and and hear about the stories from people from all of these places was probably pretty limited. It might have been limited to almost school and the Olympics, whereas for people like me, the idea of watching a race with people from a foreign country or watching soccer or watching something from somewhere else, it, you can do that whenever you want now. And so I think for a lot of people, the the mystique of like, oh, here's this chance to see these people and these things that I would never normally be able to see. Well, that's not really there. So then you kind of now you're down to country pride. And that's a big thing. That's a big thing. It's <laughs> a big thing. And general interest in the events. And I think those are down because I think in terms of pure spectacle, the Winter Olympics generally have more interesting events from a pure viewership standpoint like well, i've spoken like a true millennial right there. right <laughs> i mean come on uh yes the because because the the winter olympics is trying to x game its, it's stuff a it's little got bit skiing and bobsledding it's like okay like like i get pipes i get and, sprinting and running is interesting but like man, so, so the 200 right. meter just doesn't do anything so, for right me. right so the idea that the guy who wins the 100 meter dash is the fastest man in the world used to be a thing right usain bolt even recently you know that was awesome there's no usain bolt this year and it doesn't have the same energy you know mm. the sprint races because you had a dominant sprinter but even now and i can sense it right in in, in my own way going I don't even know who's running in the sprint races, who the number ones. I think there's a couple of, you know, Americans that are pretty good as always, but it's just, it, it's not holding quite the same interest. And I think you're right about the dilution in general of sports being all over the place and that the, the Olympic sprint champion maybe doesn't have as much. And the Olympics allure. used to matter so much more that the, you knew absolutely every athlete competing in that was the absolute best athlete that country had to send. You don't necessarily know that now. Well, certainly not when it comes to our sport, baseball, right? So baseball is back in the Olympics. And talk about a juiceless, like, like I just don't have any understanding why baseball is in the Olympics. You nobody really, because it's like all the other leagues around the world are still ongoing. So it's just like you're playing without all of the best players from all the places that actually play the sport. So that impacts people's desire to watch it. Because unlike something like the World Cup, whereas if you look at millennials, millennials love the World Cup. Right. Because everybody goes home to play for their country for the World Cup. And you don't get that as much with some of the, the team sports in 
the Summer Olympics. I think you make a good point because and millennials don't necessarily dislike international sports. They like they like they like the World Cup. They like Formula One. Love Formula right, One. Right, right. So, so it's not about the international aspect, but the, the juice that's from the Olympics. Like like being the country that wins the most gold medals was a thing. Like you know, the U.S. would always win the most gold medals right. in the Summer Olympics. Not, summer, not in the Winter Olympics. But for most years, the, but the thing is, the U.S. kind of always wins the most Olympic like right. medals. So does that remove some of the it, it makes you're not you're you're when you're a fan that grows up during that you're not rooting for the event to happen you're you're rooting for the continuation of it right i i do think it's a very american thing uh in that respect and 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 the us because of the money and the effort we put into the Olympic, we'll continue to do well in the Olympics as a nation because we put a high priority on it, much higher than a lot of the right. other countries. So, we spend a lot more money on it. Think about Americans. Americans probably find more meaning. Like, think about it. The Americans could win 32 gold medals in the Olympics, and the American people will find a story of some random single event that some tiny country run a bronze well, medal Well, the Tunisian in. who That's, won the swimming gold medal on the first day of the Olympics, and they're going crazy right, Exactly. Americans are like, That's way more interesting than like us more interesting yeah, exactly <laughs> so it's like you almost get unfortunately like the bad guy movie effect where it's like you win all the time so you're inherently less interesting or the japanese won a couple of gold medals and then how that charges up the country so i think the, the national pride and i think we're spoiled in the u.s in that because we've always had success certainly in the summer games that there's this expectation that they'll haul a bunch of medals and they'll and and i and i think you look at it differently do you actually watch the olympics I will watch certain events and clips okay. from things. I, I don't know that actually. I don't. I, we don't watch the Olympics together. No. Almost so like almost I like never. watching the volleyball. Okay, the beach volleyball. No, or the men's other, indoor men's volleyball. Indoor volleyball. The six man volleyball. Yeah, that's that's pretty uh, amazing stuff. Like and and what's interesting about that is that that's one of the few ones where you don't get the sense that there's like. Yes, there's very good regions, but you have teams that are good from all over the world in that, in a way. Right, and the U.S. may not win, and that's okay. No, they're not, and the U.S. is just a team in right, that. Right, right. Like, and, and, and it's it's a it's a cut. You don't. The problem is there are too many Olympic events. Also, as a millennial, that feel like it's really a two man race the mm, entire time. Mm. Like there's two countries that are going to win this event, and it's like the gymnastics. That's like okay, there, yes, there are about fifty people in this event, but nobody matters but the Chinese girl and the American girl. Well, Those are the only two that are going to win. Uh, and, and right, the, the U.S. Maybe gym, the Russian. <laughs> gymnastics uh, on the men's side, you know, used to have a fair amount of success and not so much, you know, anymore. And in and, and, and the basketball as well, um, the U.S. lost to France its first game. Um, and that actually creates more interest right, for me. Right, was their first loss in an Olympic since like 2004. Yeah, exactly. So now it's like, oh, maybe uh, they're not yeah, gonna- they, they've lost. Now they've lost a bunch internationally recently, but not at the Olympics. So this is like, now that this is not an elimination game. This is still group play. So there's a good chance they come out the next game and just abuse some poor team. And the U.S. women's soccer team lost its first game 3-0 to Sweden. to Sweden. And that's a traditional rival. And, and you know, oh, that's a shocking loss and a bad loss. And, you know, and maybe they'll come back for it. But that actually, if they had won their first game, oh, here's just another one of those ones where they just roll right through it to the whereas, end. Whereas watch the World Cup. You can root for the American men's team. And it's exciting because they're not supposed to win. Oh, you know they're not going to win. You know that. So when they're going far, it's like, oh, my God, they might actually – there is an excitement there that, that comes from 
I might be seeing something I don't normally get to see. And does that bring you into the tournament in that case? I'll talk about the World Cup. Just for, We're talking about the Olympics. But in the, like, you'll see other teams play, and then you kind of follow the team that might have beaten the U.S. or or that has had a good tournament because you've been watching the, the tournament, and now you're into it. One of it. the most exciting things, I think, and one of the reasons why I like volleyball is that when you watch volleyball, you have all of these countries that actually play in distinctly different ways. You've got some teams that are like – you have like a lot of the Eastern European teams that are just enormous and that's what makes them really good is that they're just really big and really tall but then you have teams like japan and brazil that play a lot more creatively and so you have stylistic differences distinct stylistic differences that you can see whereas in a lot of the other ones it's just like yeah sure like the people from this one country might have a really interesting style but the american guy just crushes them at it and it doesn't matter (laughs) so you know the the, look the olympics has to adapt right going forward because it just doesn't quite carry the same and and it's a big money loser i I think the big issues are i'll say this as a millennial there are too many running events and there are too many swimming events don't watch them but that's what's on T. That's what they choose to pro- like. Like, I would rather cut down those number of events and put in. Uh, now new you're talking about ones. TV coverage, and I think you're really onto something here because you're right. It just seems like a. If there's any American in the competition, they're going to find a way to put the American on, even if the American doesn't have a, a shot to win a medal. And by the way, all countries do Good, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I was I, I was in Singapore here. one time, and, and the Singaporean was in the ping pong, and every TV in Singapore was we're, on the uh, ping- right. And that's <laughs> the point of it is to celebrate what people from your country are coming to do. But the problem is, is that there's too many events where it's just like, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't see a distinction between the 200 meter breaststroke and the 200 meter butterfly. I don't care. And, and, and you really want to see the inter, the intermediate medley when they swim one of each stroke for a team. Like, 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 yeah, like that's kind of boring cut it, to watch. Cut it down. Just cut the number of events down and bring in new interesting ones. Like three on three basketball? No, th- you could come up with better ones than you that. You think? I mean, there are better what, ones. What, what is three on three I'm basketball? Sure we come could on. go back and it, it either reduce the number of games so that we can give the games that are be- the competitions that are going on a better treatment. So it's like because it's just like some of them are like, wow, that really sucks. Like you train your whole life, you're on the first day of the Olympics, and now you're done. Well, and, and I think that's a reason why holding this Olympics in the face of COVID and, and, and the Japanese hanging in there and doing this for all those athletes, right, that have worked their whole lives to get to this point to get in an Olympic team. And, and you want to, you might it, not get another chance in, in 2024. It may not work out for you. You, it's just, feel, I feel for the athletes. I feel like right, they and should and have so that opportunity. They're, they're having the opportunity to, to compete in this Olympics. And I think that's why the Olympics are a good thing. But I think. One part of the issue is, is that the rest, the world doesn't value as much. All of the sports leagues don't stop because the Olympics mm-hmm, are going on mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. They just keep going. So it's really hard to look at the baseball in the Olympics. Don't need to have it. When you don't have half of the best players playing in the game. When you, when you have these, if you had soccer in the Olympics and none of the men are going home to play soccer because they're all staying in their local leagues. What's the point? If the people didn't pull out of the NHL to play Olympic hockey every four years, would you want to watch an Olympic hockey tournament without all the NHL players? <laughs> no. And 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 you're right that that you know 
you can talk about winning the soccer gold medal and how cool that is. Um, but, but it means it's nothing the, compared the World to the World Cup. Cup. Right. And, and so you've got the tennis players, right? Tennis in the Olympics, you can represent your country, you can win a gold medal. Djokovic is trying to win a golden slam like Steffi Graf did back in 1988. Nadal, Nadal proudly shows off his gold medals. Nobody gives a shit Nobody about it. Nobody cares about it. Right. I, I think that, and, and that's the thing, same thing about these, you know, they're trying to come up with new sports in both the winter and summer Olympics. I think they'll have to get more X Gamesy for some of the things to the make pro- it more interesting. Is, the problem that you have with the Olympics is there's so much prestige attached to it. The idea of potentially having events come in and then leave again within a small period of time is not, they don't like that idea. No, you're right. That you're going to demo stuff, basically. We're going to try this for a year or two, and then it goes away because it didn't work out. But it is very cool in the Olympics that you win your event, and you win the gold medal, and they stand you on top of the podium, and they play your country's national anthem. They don't do that in any other... I, I tell you, you want to get a bunch of people to watch the Olympics, do an F1 where the countries have to make the cars. <laughs> there. I'm telling you, yeah. people will turn into into that like it is crazy. Perhaps down. a bit impractical, but yeah. fun. I agree with Ford that. Ford versus Ferrari, this stuff, people would go nuts for it. Well, I'll just I'll just close on this note, and that is I, I just don't see why baseball was put back at the Olympics. Softball, I think, has more of a place in the Olympics, believe it or not, than baseball, because you don't have a major league softball you know, tournament. So why not let that be the and, standard bear? And I'll, and I'll leave you this. There will be video games at the Olympics sooner rather than later. Oh, I think you're right about that. They've got the only way to keep interest. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Cool.